A digital news startup called The 19th is made up of fearless women and LGBTQ plus journalists with the purpose of uncovering the news while bucking the status quo. Their story is captured in the new documentary, Breaking the News. Whose voice are we not including? Who else can we bring into this conversation? Black voters! Black voters! People on the margins. That's what I wanted to cover. WMNF is co-hosting a free screening of Breaking the News with community radio station WSLR. It's Tuesday, February 20th at Fogartyville in Sarasota. Find out more at WSLR.org. Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with the member of the Fourth Estate crew, my man Mabili. This morning, we're missing one. Man down, man down. <laughs> well, woman down. Lay yeah. Down. What's there up? You What's go. up? What's up? Not too much, not too much. Shout down, shout out to Miss Annie. Yes. Yo, she's cool like that. <laughs> she's cool like that. She's cool like that. Yeah, so, yo, Miss Annie's not feeling too hot, but I know she's with us. I know she's with us. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, we're going to do a great show. You know, a great show. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, 
I'm loving this dude with Planet Spinner. Me too. Let's hear it. Just some cool beats to get you started. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I'm not about to bust out rap. Right? <laughs> um, one of the things we're going to do today is we want to uh, pay tribute to a musician who I would listen to when I was a child. My mother and my father were really, you know, really into jazz, right? So when I was when I was a kid, they would put me to bed with this stuff, with, with jazz, right? So I learned to love it very quickly. Right? I was always around jazz, around music like this the whole time. Um, and that's, you know, people like Lindsey Sargent at FAMU, you know, and Teresa Kemp. These were my, these were my, these people who raised me, you know, who I was always around, right? Um, I remember Cannonball Adderley being on campus from time to time, you know, and uh, he, was, he was friends with our family, you know, cool. with, with my folks. Cannonball Adderley, yeah, not everybody can Cannonball. see that. Yeah, both, both the <laughs> Both the uh, Adley brothers were, were friends with the family, but uh, and they were family ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotty Bernhardt. When I got older and went to, went to school, the fam, um, Scotty Bernhardt, who was one of the, one of the biggest jazz artists coming out of fam, he actually took over the Count Basie band orchestra. Uh, who, who, by the way, Count Basie yeah. is a member of Omega Psi Five Fraternity Incorporated. Okay, uh, but that be known. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let that be known. Uh, but Scotty Barnhart was is one of the one of the greatest jazz musicians coming out of Tallahassee. Uh, shout out to Scotty Barnhart and, and all those Tallahassee musicians up there, uh, the members of the Marching One Hundred and of the jazz the jazz uh, quartet mm. out of the university. Excellent musicians, excellent musicians. Um, Sonny Fortune, Sonny Fortune, he's not with us anymore. The late great Sonny Fortune was, I mean, one of the greatest jazz musicians, truthfully, that 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 I grew up with, right? And if you know me, you know that I love good, good music. I don't play around with my music. My music has got to soothe, it's soothing to the soul. Yeah. Okay? And so, uh, I have I have eight tracks of this guy, man. You know, this uh, still got these eight tracks, and I listen to his music all the time, right? And you know, my son, um, who's who's hard of hearing, um, loves listening to this man, and loves listening to Roy Ayers. Roy it's Roy Ayers. If you if you the name his two favorites, Roy Ayers and Sonny Force. Those two people right there, right? And um, anyway. We're gonna pay tribute to him today, okay? And you got you got the cue up. So we're gonna we're gonna play some of his music this morning, uh, throughout the throughout the time the time of the show, um, and, and we're gonna pay tribute to this man because I think that he is undervalued in jazz history. I rarely hear people talk about him uh, when they talk about or list some of the greatest jazz musicians. He certainly ranks up there, without question, without question, okay? So that's one of the things we're going to do today, okay? The next thing that we're going to do today is we're going to talk about, I want everybody to wrap their heads around this. Uh, while, while the world is, I, I do not, I do not, by the way, and let me be very clear about this point, I do not, do not condone the violence that we're seeing in the in the Middle East, Israel, Gaza area, uh, Palestine, and I say Palestine because Palestine is a state. Palestine is Palestine. Okay, um, you know when we talk about we talk about Palestine and Palestinians, we we fail to quite often we fail to recognize those of us who are Christians and part of the Christian faith. We fail to realize one of the greatest one of the greatest black men of all time. The, not one of them, the greatest, greatest black men of all time came out of Palestine. Jesus Christ himself. Okay? So when we talk about, um, when we talk about this, this war and what's taking place right now, we have to recognize that the, that, you know, this is not good. There's nothing good about it. Okay? 
Uh, there's blood on the hands of both sides. Uh, however, however, we know what it derives from. It derives from a colonial, uh, a colonial origin uh, of taking land from people and putting people in a place uh, with, a, with an attitude that uh, they can take what's there and, 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 and destroy. Somehow it's okay to destroy uh, and take more. There's something wrong with that type of attitude, that type of mentality. There's something seriously wrong with that type of mentality. But that's the, that's, but that's the colonial mindset, right? To destroy and take more and leave the people who were there with what? Nothing. Hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, um, I am one who believes in the two-state solution in that region. I do believe in that um, because I think that it's necessary. But who in the region actually believes in it? Because, you know, one can argue and has it has been argued recently by analysts that the right wing Israelis in the in the group Hamas, they need each other to reinforce one another. They both say they want both of them to disappear, each side to disappear. And that's not going to happen. Israel will never bomb Hamas out of existence. There's always going to be some element of Hamas there, but Hamas keeps stoking the bear, hitting Israel, knowing it's going to strike back. And now we have a wider war where the United States is is bombing the Houthis because the Houthis see it as a crusade <laughs> to be on the side of the Palestinians right now because there's this long-standing hatred of of the Israelis and black folks. It was always a side to pick, you know. For centuries, we have always uh, embraced the story of the of the Jewish people, the children of Israel, you know, because of the dispossession. You know, they've always been dispossessed, right. you know, from the Roman Empire through the Babylonian captivity, and oppressed, it's certainly know, oppressed, yeah. oppressed, and no all question. the way through the through the Nazis. You know, in the European theater, we've seen the dispossession and the oppression of the Israeli of the Jewish people, and so Zionism. Going back to Israel became a thing, and you know, but this idea of dispossessing the Jews and and using the Jews for their merchant class mentality and all of that. Yes. So you know, but absolutely by nineteen forty eight, when the establishment of the Israeli state came into being, then you know, a lot of black intellectuals sided with the Palestinians for the same reason: dispossession. Exactly. Dispossession. Exactly. So that is where we start. This is where we're stuck think, as a world. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think one of the things that that we we have to ask ourselves is, if that didn't happen, is there a, a Hamas? Right. Is is there a Hamas if that didn't happen? Hmm. And I look at I look at film from nineteen twenties, right? From nineteen twenties. This is twenty some years before any of this ever happened. But while there is some discussion, right? right there, there is some planning or discussion, but. But on the part of colonial colonialists, right, or colonizers, right. But when it comes down to it, the question then becomes: If that doesn't happen, is there a Hamas? Yeah, you wonder because you know it might have been against the colonialists. Yeah, you know the, the British decided yeah. to to carve it up absolutely and give it back. You know, and decide which part of the land was going to be whose. Right. And that's colonial mentality. Of somebody on the outside is going to determine all of this for you. That's right. That's right. Now, having said that, I'm glad you said that, Billy, because that brings us to this point. Um, are there Africans in 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 the, in the region? In that region? Oh yeah, absolutely. They're the original people, right? Uh, however, what we have to remember also is there is a lot of stuff that's happening on directly on the continent, right? More specifically, if I, were to, if I were to look at it, I would look at the region known as the Congo, okay? The Congo is going through hell, absolute hell. Somalia, split up between northern and southern Somalia now, right? Um, and Sudan. Yeah. Sudan. Uh, not not Somalia. I'm sorry, Sudan. Yeah. Sudan um, split up between northern and southern Sudan, uh, and, and and the the fighting, it, you know, spills over to where Ethiopia, 
right. Ethiopia, right? Uh, where you have three uh, groups of people, the Ethiopians, the Eritrean, and the Tigray, who are still trying to figure things out in that region. And there is fighting. They're still fighting. Yet, and, and, and then we look further to the to the west, and we find Burkina Faso, uh, Mali, um, Dahomey, and places like that, that are coming together now, along with other portions of Africa, um, Tunisia, Libya, um, even Mauritania, places like that, where they're actually talking about an African Union, South Africa, African Union, Botswana, African Union, Zambia, African Union, Nigeria, African Union. More and more African nations are talking about and joining and are part of the African Union. I believe, I believe that in our lifetime, we will see a united Africa. Yeah, but don't forget the colonialists are still at work. Absolutely. You know, and even those who we haven't historically thought of as colonialists but helpers, that's the Russians, are at work. You know, they've got their mercenaries over there causing a sort of divide and conquer. You talked about Niger and Mali and Burkina Faso, but Russian mercenaries have come to, to play a role in those three countries, those three African countries, and set off a coup. And they're there to help protect the cool leaders, the cool juntas. And so now there is this divide on the continent once again because it is hidden hand and uh, because of the fight against terrorism and the old colonialists still feeling that's the reason for them to be there. Uh, the idea is there's this divide because now there are these, these three states where the, the juntas are in power no longer want anything to do with the West African African states, the, the coalition of West African states, uh, ECOWAS. So Africa Union is going to suffer if that idea continues to take hold because there are those who are going to be against African Union and there are those who are going to be for African Union, but only if it supports the strong men, the juntas, the military. And who does that empower on the continent? Russia. West, yes. The West. Still the West. <laughs> no, no matter how you look at it, it's the West, right? Um... And I think that we have got to um, look at this, and I say we, I mean black folks, Africans of the diaspora, have got to take a long, hard look at what's happening right now. Um, let me take a moment and welcome everybody who's listening to us right here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, this is your host, your host Walter L. Smith II. Miss Ann is not with us right now. Uh, unfortunately, she's not feeling well. But she'll be with us next week. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have her come in and, and um, really give it to us, boy, big time. Um, as only she can. As only she can. Uh, we we are um, discussing the issue. Well, you distracting me. Well, my bad. It'd be terrible. What, what, what's wrong with you, man? Why would you do that? Why would you do that, man? Because you were talking to the audience. Oh, man. Some, Boy, you're killing some me, notes. You're killing me. <laughs> you know how it is with the bros. You know how it is with the bros. Why I would sure you do, do that, man? Uh, okay, let's do this. All right. All right, here we go. Sony Fortune. Here we go. <laughs> let's, let's, let's cool it down. Cool it down. Okay. So, <laughs> Mobili and I are talking about, <laughs> as we normally do, Mobili and I have these, these deep conversations yes. all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and I, this, this discussion today is about um, the African Union, the continent of Africa. What is our role? What, 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 are, what are they doing currently? What's happening on the continent? And what is, what is our role as Africans in America, right? And in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. With regard to Africa and what's happening in Africa and its evolution and move towards a very successful move towards an African Union, which we all hope and pray for, right? Um, what's happening, right? Our focus in, our, in, my, in my mind, our focus needs to be on that, right? And making sure that that is where it, it is, is, is successful, I mean, really, really successful. Um, lend our help where we can in other places, but our focus needs to be there. That is my that is my position on it. 
Um, what is your position? Call in 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. If you're watching right now on Facebook, you see me right here in studio. Like and share. <laughs> yes. Like and share. Uh, everybody, check out the Walter Us with the Second Facebook page and the Sunday Forum Facebook page. Uh, we love, love, love to hear from you, please. Uh, right here this morning on this particular issue. Uh, remember also that we are also playing a musical tribute to the late great Sonny Fortune, and uh, whose whose music you hear in the background. And you're going to hear more of it throughout the show. So, let's start. Uh, let's start out though uh, with the with um, with the with the Q corner. The Q corner. Q corner. Is everybody ready? Is everybody ready? I think people are ready for this. I mean, you know, uh, what, what what are we gonna do? It's the greatest return in the world, you know. And anytime that you are uh, in this studio on this show, you know, that time it's that time. To the bros, good morning to the bros and the lovers of the bros, the wives and children, everybody in Omega Land. All right, all right, all right, all right, right here we're at Q Corner. All right, listen, folks, we're glad, glad, glad to be talking about what's coming up in Omega Land, right here in T Town. We have the Grand Conclave taking place right here in. Tampa Bay, June 26th, June 26th, can I say it again, June 26th, you are going to be invaded by the Q's, we're a different type of pirate, baby, we're a different type of pirate, all that purple and gold coming into this city, I love it. I wish you could kidnap the yeah, governor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, all in jest, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Shout out to the brother Bossless, brother Al Sharif, and all the brothers of Pi Oda. Right? Shout out to all the brothers of Emu Mew. Right? Shout out to all the brothers of Upsilon Delta at University of South Florida. Shout out to all the brothers around the world. Funky dog. Yeah. You know what it is when you're in that car and you a bruh, you know what's up. Some of us step out the car. Hold up traffic. Take a chance of getting locked up. Alright. The 2024 International Talent Hunt is taking place March 9th. March 9th at Blake High School, 1701 North Boulevard, Tampa, Florida. For more info, you want to check out the Pi Iota page. Pi Iota's P-I. I-O-T-A, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, right here in Tampa. The 2024 International Talent Hunt. You don't want to miss it. Saturday, March 9th, 2024. Blake High School. All right, we got Shades of Purple. 
shades of purple, the cruise with the cues. The cruise with the cues, baby. Saturday, June 29th, 2024 at 6.03 Channelside Drive, Tampa, Florida. RSVP now. RSVP right now. Go ahead, bro. Yes. Cardiovascular condition, cause we don't we don't step, we hop. Uh-huh. Everybody, the campers, the alphas, the sigmas, the I think they call themselves iotas, the iotas, they all step. No, 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 no. We hop, we hop. You understand? You understand? We got knee problems. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We hop. Walk it out. Walk it out is the is the event that we have every third Saturday at 7 a.m. Every third Saturday to promote wellness and health. Every third Saturday, 7 a.m. at Armature Works right here in Tampa at 1910 North Ola Avenue. 1910 North Ola Avenue is O-L-A Avenue right here in Tampa. For more information, call 813-440-9502. For more information, call 813-440-9502. All right. All right, all right. Yo, this is George Dr. Funkin' Franklin, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa. They do the dog, y'all. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> all right. Shout out to the brother, the brother Sean Shaw, Attorney Sean Shaw. He just announced that he's running for county commission. All right. Uh-oh. The brother, county? The, the brother, yeah, Hillsborough right. County, bro. Hillsborough County, bro. All right, the dog gonna be on the Hillsborough County Commission, I guess, right? I don't know. What you say? Sean, Sean, you wanna call in, bro? Yeah, if call us. Up, give us a call. Let's, let's see what's up. Yeah. Listen, make sure that you check us out at the Iota. www.piota.org Find out more information about what Piota is up to What the bros are up to Listen man, the Grand Conclave is coming And there ain't no stopping it baby There's no stopping it, okay June 26th June 26th It's gonna be purple and gold All up in the streets of Tampa Bay Yes sir, yes sir And you cannot stop it Alright This has been a Q Corner moment right here on the Sunday Forum. We'll be back with another Q Corner, Q Corner moment later on after the NPR news to make sure that everybody got that news. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, <laughs> catch a breath. Catch a breath. Hey. <laughs> well, you know, it's something about being, you know, people always, they ask me a question, wow, you want to do something? Let me tell you something, man. I have two brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. We're blood, right? I didn't choose them. I love them. I love them to death. I love them to death. Let me tell you something, man. These are my brothers that I did, that, that I chose, that I chose to be my brothers. You understand? And there is a difference. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique brotherhood. Um, very unique brotherhood. And I am I am so proud to be a member of it and to be a part of it. So, hey, uh, but not everybody, not everybody's called to be a member of Omega South Fire. It's okay. It's all right. We 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 understand. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. 
So, so that, that means, you know, if, if 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 you're just not supposed to be there, then you go pledge Kappa or <laughs> Sigma or Iona or Alpha or some whatever they call them other things. But, you know, you know. <laughs> Nothing like the dog. Nothing but the dog, baby. Nothing like it. Hey, listen. Um, we are we are discussing the issue of the African Union here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, it is a very very serious issue. Um, Billy, I, I, you know, when I talk about the African Union, I get um, I get really really hyped and really really excited, and I'm gonna tell you why I get excited about it. I get excited because when I was when I was younger, I remember the culture shock, right, of of being taken from America and what I knew here, and going into onto the continent of Africa, and um, having the opportunity to be uh, to be there. I remember what it was like. And it was not an easy thing to do. It really was not. And part of the reason for that was because I was, you know, I, it, I had not formed my opinion at 12 years old right. about Africa. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I was just like any other uh, a black kid in America that knew very little except what we were taught. Right? Uh, I, I had been taught probably a little, a little more or maybe even a lot more than a lot of other kids my age because of my father and my mother's experiences uh, on the continent before. Uh, and because of their attitude. And, you know, we, we're Pan-Africanists, right? And I think that when I got there, knowing it, you know, I didn't realize then in, you know, the early 80s, I didn't realize that being in Blantyre, Malawi, on the border of Mozambique. Did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. In the early 80s. If you, if you think this is a joke, go and look at what it was like in the early 80s in Mozambique. Okay? Um, then I want you to take a look at what it was like in the early 80s in um, northern and southern Rhodesia. Both... Uh, Zambia and Zimbabwe, respectively. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to go back to the early 80s and I want you to look at what was going on in Namibia and South Africa and Botswana during those times. And I want you to understand that the children that I was in school with were exiles, many of them. Mm-hmm. Okay? Their families took them out of their respective countries because they were, um, they would have been killed, okay, assassinated, uh, or they were being kept safe uh, by uh, because they, they were, their their fathers um, were part of military juntas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were members of the ANC or, or, or family members family members who were part of the ANC who were there hiding out. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had those who were dignitaries of the country of Malawi. Right? Um, we had people who were there from Taiwan, bro. Mm. Like, like, Trying to keep safe. Yeah. Right? Vietnam, Taiwan, the whole nine. Anyway, bottom line is, the bottom line is this is where this is what I grew up with. This is part of what I grew up with, right? This is what I understood to be. Later on, I really understood why it was happening. Who these people were. I didn't understand then what they understood firsthand. I didn't understand it because it was all this other stuff going on and I was in my own head. Mm-hmm. But when I got back home and got older and started understanding the things that were happening, there was still independence movements going on mm-hmm. when I was there. Still independence movements, man. That is a, that's serious, right? 
So we're not thinking, and I'm not thinking, oh, this is great. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to think. I'm mad, hmm. right? Because I just want to go home, <laughs> right? So what do I do? What do I do? Do I, you know, you make, you make the best of it, right? Or you try to make the best of it, and you learn what you can. So I did, and I began to form my worldview from everything that was around me, that was going around me. Now, take that same concept and fast forward to now. You have a 50-year-old man who... Referring to myself, of course. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you have a fifty-year-old man now, who is who who has uh, lived um, on and off the continent, has seen and made friends with uh, with people who are from these regions, gone to college with these people. You know the whole nine, and now. I'm in a situation where I am honored, oh, God, am I honored, to be able to share the information that I have and the stuff that, that I know right now with everybody right now about this so that we can, we can all form better opinions about what's happening in these, in these countries. What excites me more than anything right now is the fact that you know, there wasn't long ago that we were that people were saying, "Well, there are too many different cultures that are going on right now." Uh, you know, thousands of languages that are spoken, millions of languages that are spoken in these countries. We can't possibly, possibly think that we're going to be able to see in our lifetime an Afri a united Africa. Not after 1962, <laughs> right? After 1962, uh, what are we seeing? I mean, we're seeing chaos still, right? Um, but people had an idea what they wanted. Right. They knew what they didn't want anymore, but they, you know, were struggling. There were people struggling for power, but people on the ground knew what they wanted. Right. They wanted that freedom. Right, right. And I am... Um, I tell you right now, the perspective that I got regarding this, excuse me, was one that actually was formed um, post-apartheid, mm -hmm. right? Um, obviously, you know, Post-apartheid, a lot, a lot of people, and I, I based everything on apartheid, right? During, you know, during apartheid, you know, during the, the transition and then the actual apartheid, post-apartheid period, right? Mm -hmm. um, and when you start looking at countries that are utilizing, that, that are still going through imperialism and uh, neocolonialism, Neocolonialism. That means you throw in the rock, the die has been cast, you're hiding your hand now, and so all these things are happening in these countries. Right? So you take the you take organizations like UNICEF, uh um you take uh organizations like uh well um agencies, I, I guess organizations, yeah. Um UNICEF. UNIA, uh, World Health Organization. Uh, <laughs> what's the other one? Uh, well, the UN, period. Mm -hmm. Right? And we listen to what's being said. And for the longest time of all, everything was based off of what they said. Right? But we have people like Dr. Ericana Kuo. Right? PLO Lumumba. First time now we're hearing these people come out and they're saying things like, hey, man, 
you know, this is the real. This is what's really happening over here. This is what's really happening. Um, you know, you might want to really take a look at this. Because this is not a joke. And we are, we are really moving right now. And so the question then becomes, how can you take part in what we're doing now? Right? Because we're missing, you don't want to miss the boat. What is the role of the African-American? What's the role of the black man and woman in the Western Hemisphere with regard to the African Union? What is the what is the um, most efficient way in? Uh, and I believe that is elections. Mm. You know, if there are elections on the continent, that's one way to communicate. Now we're seeing a problem in Senegal right now. The president of Senegal, Macky Sall, has postponed the upcoming presidential elections, even though he's not going to be on the ballot. So. That raises some interesting questions because he's citing controversies over the disqualification of some candidates, uh, saying that some of them might even be dual citizens. (laughs) So this is a problem. He says he signed a decree repealing the law that convened the electoral body just as campaigning was set to begin in one of West Africa's most stable democracies. uh, And he didn't announce a new date. You know, he's saying that there are some allegations of corruption as well in election-related cases. But he also said some of the 20 candidates cleared to run for the election were discovered to have dual nationality, which would disqualify them under the Senegalese constitution. And so the announcement is it's the latest in the series of these controversies surrounding the crucial vote. Uh, so he's postponing the elections and no date set yet. But, you know, that is the way to communicate and help those African countries is through elections. So what happens when, when they don't happen? Mm. The African Union. And what is the role of the African diaspora? You know, interesting that you said that because my parents were both uh, monitors for mm-hmm. the um, for the South African elections, the first South African elections, uh, democratic elections that took place. And it's interesting to note that the monitors, monitors, right? Mm-hmm. The monitors were people who were chosen and asked to come. And be there. It was one of the ways that former President Jimmy Carter continued to be a statesman is by monitoring elections Elections. around the world to make certain that they were free and fair and open. Exactly. Exactly. Because, let me tell you, at any moment, that can turn out to be very tumultuous. At any moment, shooting can start the whole nine and we got a problem. You got a serious problem. Or even after the votes are counted and the losing side decides to start shooting, such as what we're going to start seeing in this country after 2020. <laughs> oh, man, don't we say have, that, man. We have that, so dude. many people on the other, you know, among our friends on the other side of the aisle who actually believes the current president is illegitimate because they believe the lie from the former president. That is so, let me not say that. That's not right. That's not right to say that. <laughs> That is so... Okay, that's... That is... That is a typical... We we act like we are... Sore losers. Yeah, yeah, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, okay, I'll say it the way way it is. That's (laughs) troglodytish. Right? That's how we troglodytes think. And and it's the way... It's the old way that's set forth... By that is set forth to maintain uh, a a destabilized country. You see the point then. That's the point of it. The losing side wants to destabilize the winning side. Right. And that's the point. Right. And keep it that way. Keep it that way. That's disturbing. It is. That's disturbing. Um, We're talking about college-educated people, so-called. Right. Who's still harboring... This inside this country. K 
can't comprehend how it is that people continue to think like this. This is ridiculous uh, thinking, and we we've got to change the way that that uh, that 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 we do things. I think that organizations. Uh, so, so that brings me back to this point: How do we get involved? In what's happening in Africa, how do we how do we stop even those atrocities that we're seeing in the Congo? Mm. Now, now that's a question that we really need to be looking at right. because here you're looking at situations where they start shooting. Yeah, they start. And I'm not talking about they as in the Congolese. I'm talking about white folks, right? Um, they have whole operations where they go in and the, the people are working at gunpoint. That plus, you know, the West, you know, historically, and you know how colonialists act, they will hire others to do their bidding, the violence for them. They'll right. they'll have proxies. And so we've seen that right. even on the continent. And we know that the problem on in Congo, in the Congo, was about eastern Congo. And so you know what that's about. That's about the minerals. It really boils down to the money. It does. It actually does. It really does. And, okay, so we see, uh, we, we saw what was happening with Mobutu. Mm-hmm. Let's take it back to Mobutu, okay? And we saw the extraction, if you would, of minerals and newly newly discovered minerals in many cases, right? As As we start to look at the science and things like that. That that began to develop uh, as a result of and as a result of of the discovery of those minerals existing on the continent. We have to keep in mind that if there is no, if we have the control, and I say we, I say this purely as an African here in America who who is engaged with and 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 connects with. The African nations, okay? So I'm saying we uh, in camaraderie, right? Okay, so let, let me get that out of the way. So let's. So we look at this from the standpoint of, of, of an African, me, you, organizations, that would go over there, see what's happening, come back with a report to our government here, and say, listen, we see this happening right now. What are you going to do about this? Because, see, see, we've put billions of dollars into everything else. Mm-hmm. What what money are we going to put into the positives? Not to say that we weren't involved, because we are involved in the atrocity that's going on down there. We are. So we have to be the ones as Africans here to say, no, that's not going to continue to happen. We see what's happening. This can't continue. So now, how are you going to change the way that you are doing business in the Congo? Uh-oh. 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 It looks like we're making demands now. How are we going to now? And then, then let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Uh, we also have some demands to make about our own communities. Oh, wait a minute, y'all, y'all Negroes taking getting getting a little up in here. Hold on now, <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, we're not being uppity, and I'm not apologizing for thinking it or saying it because it's not a matter of being. Uh, what is uppity? What yeah, the hell is, is uppity? <laughs> the hell is that? You out of your place. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. At 400 years, 500 years plus, and no one's really got an accurate time for that. But anyway, four <laughs> or 500 years of this stuff, and you mean to tell me that I have to come and tell you this? Okay, all right, fine. No problem. I'm going to come and I'm going to tell you, and when I come and tell you, I'm coming with white paper. I'm coming with organizations and we're saying to you, listen, we need these funds. Stop coming to us. Listen, stop coming to us with um, with grants, right? 
Don't start with the grants, man. Start with these, these, these what do you call it? Uh, uh, competitive grants. You know what's going on. Uh-huh. You know what's going on. Why are you coming to us with competitive grants? Compa- why are we competing for what you know? Because you know that that money deserves to be in our communities. You know they deserve that the reservations. Come on, man. Reservations? You put these people on reservations, man. You destroy the land that they're already, that, that you're yeah. putting them on. Right. And then demand that they compete for that same Come land. Come on. It's the same thing here in the States. In, 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 you know, outside the reservation, in the inner cities. It basically is a reservation, too. Right? Mm-hmm. Only we get shoved off our reservations also. So everybody gets shoved off the reservations at the, at the convenience of of whomever the white the the white uh, oligarchy is, right? Yeah, but that's the reason why you know that's the reason why county commissions are important. Yeah, that's why we have. I wish we got a call from Sean Shaw because you know explain the county commissions and its power that it has. It tends to have in any given region and why it concentrates power. Who's it concentrated for? Listen, let me tell you something. We have a county commission that is scary right now. If you if you think if you think you think listen, man. Let me show you how scary this commission is. Yeah. The county commission is so scary that we have uh we have or we have communities right now that their infrastructure has not been upgraded since 1960. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what I just said? We have communities right now that have not been upgraded since 1960 to the infrastructure, mm-hmm. the storm infrastructure. They have been promised time and time again that something's going to happen, and well, according to them, nothing has happened. I'm not saying it. I, I, I don't have to say it. Somebody else out there is saying it. The people are saying it. Okay? Uh, they There are people out there who are saying they feel that they've been betrayed. Mm-hmm. In the county. By the county commission. There are millions of dollars, bi- billions of dollars, while you're tripping, but millions of dollars that are un that are that's just sitting there. Hmm. Sitting there. And if it's not used, it's going to do what? Go back to... <laughs> go back to the field. To those at the top, yeah. Okay? And they're not saying a word about it. Not one word. And there's not a demand for justice in these communities to make those dollars do what they need to do. Right. Ooh, did I just say something? Yeah, you did, you did, because you need a groundswell of demand Ooh. to get them off the, to put a fire under their... This, this is what I dare anyone from the county commission to call me now. Yeah, we waiting on them. I, we're waiting on you, we're waiting on you. <laughs> you know you're I, listening. Want, I want you to say, I know you're listening, <laughs> and I know you're going to hear this afterwards. Call me. Call me. It's now 859, 859 a.m., on the Sunday forum, uh, we're gonna we're going to go into NPR in a few seconds. But while we listen, we're gonna go out with, with some um, with some Sunny Fortune. Let's let's cue up what we got for Sunny Fortune here, man. Uh, let's see. I thought I was I thought I was on some Poinciana. Poinciana. That's a Jamal. That's my Jamal. Yeah. yeah, that's my man. <laughs> we'll go out with that for now. Let's do let's do a Mar Jamal. We'll come back. With my man, Sunny Fortune, yeah. right here on the Sunday Forum. This is your host, Walter Hills, with the second law of Mobili, number of the fourth estate crew, right here on WMNF Tampa.